I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. We are beginning a study in this video of the book of Titus. We have finished 1st and 2nd Timothy, and now we are headed into the book of Titus. They are related in this way, all three from God, of course, written through Paul to two men who were evangelists, Timothy and Titus. So let's begin in Titus chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Please remember as we begin that this is from God through the writing of Paul to this man, Titus. We do not have extensive information about Titus. When we started back in the two letters to Timothy, we were able to piece together significant information about Timothy's background, even something about the faith and the diligence of his mother and grandmother. With Titus, we do not have that much information. Here's a summary of the pieces of information that we have about Titus. Galatians 2 and verse 3 tells us of his association with Paul, which was very early, perhaps earlier than Timothy, and that he was a Greek, then we know from 2 Corinthians, Paul trusted Titus to go into that difficult Corinthian situation and work there. And we know from this epistle, Paul left Titus in Crete, which was very likely a difficult work. And we are also informed back in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that Titus was for some unknown time in a region or a location called Dalmatia. Beyond that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, beyond that, we know little of Titus except what we might gather from this brief epistle. So this is from God through Paul to Titus to inform and instruct Titus and to inform and instruct us as we read this part of the New Testament. About the sender of this letter, we have much more information. Of course, the Apostle Paul. And notice how he describes himself with two phrases in verse 1. A servant of God. You know, in most circumstances and in popular culture, to be a servant is considered demeaning. Paul believed, and we believe, the highest way to live your life 
is to be a servant of God, the Creator. Paul, when he obeyed the gospel, made the choice to serve. He volunteered to put his life under the will of the Creator. There was no hesitation. Paul claimed to be a servant of God. And the other description is an apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus called him to be an apostle. You can read about that in the book of Acts in chapter 22. That refers back to the history that is given in chapter 9 in the book of Acts. Paul was not only a Christian, but was called and sent and equipped to be an apostle of Christ, bringing to people and to us through his writing the truth from God about salvation and how life ought to be lived to anticipate what is referred to here as hope of eternal life. So the writer of the book of Titus, the writer of this epistle is a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, Paul. Now, look at our purpose phrase. The phrase that identifies purpose in verse 1. For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. So Paul's servanthood and apostleship had this high purpose to create faith in people and inform the knowledge of God's elect about how they ought to live. Don't overlook that final phrase, which accords with godliness. Make that connection. The knowledge of the truth and godliness. If I have a knowledge of the truth of God, that knowledge equips me to be a godly person. Without that knowledge, the knowledge of the truth God is given, there isn't any way I can be a godly person. So this is where the letter to Titus begins. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. Now, that purpose statement we were just talking about in verse 1 continues into verse 2 like this in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Look for sequence, and you'll discover the knowledge of the truth that's connected to godliness that enables us to be godly. And then being godly, we have hope, the hope of eternal life. God did not reveal truth through men like Paul just for the sake of knowledge, but so that we can be godly people. And with this anticipation, the hope of eternal life. See, it isn't just the accumulation of knowledge for a test at the end. The knowledge is to be godly and have the hope of eternal life, which God provides in Christ. Now, in the middle of this, right in the middle of this, 
there is this affirmation that gives meaning and substance to God's promise of eternal life. And it's this, God never lies. If God didn't have a good record, his promises wouldn't mean much. The historical truth is God has a perfect record of integrity. One of the reasons we need to read and study the Old Testament is to become acquainted with God, not just the existence of God, but who God is. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. He cannot lie. So what he chose to do for man and what he promised before the ages began, he has carried out without a single miss. So that today, when we acquire a knowledge of the truth and we decide to use that knowledge to act on it to become godly people, we have this solid hope of eternal life from the Creator who cannot lie. You with me there? I want to highlight something here having to do with time pivot points. Time pivot points. Here's what I mean. Look into our text and let's find three time pivot points. Before the ages began, at the proper time, in hope of eternal life. Now, let's connect these. Before time began, God made plans and chose to reveal his plan at the proper time so that responsive believers might have the hope of eternal life. Three time pivot points written to Titus. For him and for us, much is comprehended here. Before time began, God made plans and chose to reveal his plan at the proper time so that responsive believers might have the hope of eternal life. I want to go back now and read these first four verses, and then there will be some other observations I'll make. We're in the book of Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Some more points of observation from this opening paragraph in Titus chapter 1. God's plan was manifested through preaching. It was God who decided that his plan would be delivered through preaching. Preaching may be considered a religious tradition. What's more important is preaching is clearly God's way. 
He wanted the gospel of Christ to be delivered through preaching. There are movements in popular religion away from preaching. There are voices of modernism and worldly interests demeaning preaching. This text tells us God wanted his word to be delivered through preaching. And notice the phrase, by command of God our Savior. Well, that shows divine authority for what Paul was doing, what Paul was preaching, and what Paul was writing. Paul, as an apostle, Titus, as a preacher, were working under the authority and command of God. Something else I want us to notice. Titus was related to Paul in the faith, being his true child in a common faith. Paul was a father figure, a spiritual father figure and mentor to Timothy and Titus. Uh, they were not just Paul's assistants. Paul wanted these young men to be ready to carry on, to keep up the work, to guard the deposit, to preach the word, to use the knowledge that God revealed through the apostles to inform and equip God's elect. God's elect are God's people. Now, instead of my usual wrap-up, I want to spend our last few minutes in this video to stress what I believe would be one of the primary themes in the book of Titus. I want you to follow me here. I'm going to read some passages from Titus. What do these passages tell you about the main idea or the thematic content of the book of Titus? Titus chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. Now look down at verse 9 in Titus 1. He must hold firm. This is about the elder. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Now I'm opening to Titus 2 and verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now verse 10, please. Titus 2.10. Not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. I'm in chapter 3 now, verses 8 and 9. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Now, what do all these statements written 
from God by Paul to Titus, what do they seem to reflect as to the thematic content of the book of Titus? What is the emphasis? Sound doctrine. Titus is to make certain he teaches exactly what God gave to be taught, God's plan, the gospel, so that the knowledge of the truth would enable people to be godly. So as we go through Titus, it will be another opportunity for us to fix our minds on the urgency and the necessity of teaching which accords with sound doctrine and that teaching God has revealed, and we have it in the New Testament. Thank you for listening.